0: Yo, it's the South Side's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. There's a Blast deep into the
1: night and a two-run homer for Baez. And there
2: it goes. Abreu massacres this ball to left-center field. It goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left, angling 25-20. Got a block from 50, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Don't win it. We're to Trubisky's going to run it, and he is going to get a first down. How about Trubisky to the 42-yard line? Oh, my goodness. In the ring, Steve Boat's got him up. A
0: slam. But Clare, it's got Crane one too. He made
2: it. He done it. And Claire has done it. Clare has done it. <laughs> Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Live from Chicago, this it's Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app, with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776, the telephone number. Hit me up on Twitter, twitter.com, tweet hood on Instagram, IG hood as we broadcast live from our first Midwest bank studios. On the program tonight, we will hear from Jesse Rogers momentarily. Jesse covers the Cubs for ESPN.com as the Cubs get ready to take on the Cincinnati Reds over at Wrigley Field. Also, we will play one question because you know people just don't have time for a full interview, but sometimes they do have time for one question. We'll have that for you every night at 750. And of course, by God, the summer of football. Ah, you know, camps opening up right around the corner. College football, pro—it's all there coming up very soon this summer. But this shows the shows always gets to jump on the football conversation. That's why we have some of our football and our guest, former Bear Dan Jiggets, as will be with us. Dan Jiggets is going to be with us coming up at eight ten. Also, we'll find out the pettiest stories of the sports weekend. It's pretty interesting because people around the sports radio landscape want to find the. Funniest thing of the sports weekend, the oddest thing of the sports weekend. We look for the petticoat junction. Pettiest thing of the sports weekend. We have that for you as well. We'll also hear from Darnell Mayberry, uh, his thoughts about the NBA free agency, what's going on with the Bulls. He's from theathletic.com. Also, Myron Metcalf is, why is Myron coming on? Myron's coming on because, not because we have him on for our college basketball conversation. Myron is a, a big boxing fan. He actually is a, a go-to at ESPN when it comes to boxing because he loves it so much. He loves it way more than I do. I love boxing, but not like he does because he knows the history of it. And we had the passing of Pernell Whitaker. Sweet P. Whitaker passed away today. He was in an auto uh, accident. Died at age 55. We look back at the life of uh, Sweet Pea Whitaker because he was a tremendous boxer. We'll talk about in, uh, Sweet Pea Whitaker and what he meant to the boxing world coming up at 9.30. Playing time, your thoughts as well. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Hope that you enjoyed your weekend. Hope that you enjoy your Monday night. So keep it company until 10 o'clock, and then it's Dan Levitard and Stu Gatz right here on ESPN 1000. So much we got to get to here. So let's start off first to talk about the Cubs, the Cubs and the White Sox. The uh, The White Sox first, by the way. The Sox are now 42 and 47. And uh, they're taking on the hapless Kansas City Royals. And, and again, we look at the calendar and it's uh, July 15th and the Royals are 32 and 62. So it's bad. But nothing, ba- nothing like what the White Sox went through, by the way, uh, in Oakland. They got bludgeoned by the A's over the weekend. It wasn't just losses. It was bad to the point where the A's are the hottest team in baseball. Uh, the They've won 12 of their last 15 games outscoring opponents by a Major League Baseball best 44 runs. The A's. Nobody there. <laughs> it just, it's just people bringing their drum kit and just pounding on their drums and just, and just bringing like, I don't know what they're doing there, but they're just there to watch A's baseball and it's pretty entertaining. They've won five consecutive series and are unbeaten in seven straight, and they are have a season-high 12 games over five hundred. So, I mean, they the Sox caught them at a very bad time. A good time for the A's, but a bad time for the Sox, as they uh, really took the Sox out by the knees. Maybe things turn around against a bad Royals team. Now let's go to Wrigley Field, because the Cubs are ready to take on the Cincinnati Reds. We go to Jesse Rogers. Jesse covers the Cubs for ESPN.com, and he joins us here on ESPN 1000, Jesse, as always, I appreciate your time. The um, the sweep of the Pirates was exactly what the Cubs needed. I look like the old Cubs, actually.
1: Yeah, I was just talking to Theo about it. and I mean, everybody agrees the All-Star break was a nice reset, but no one can really exactly figure out why they, they came out playing that well other than just some rest, right? And maybe they felt like they needed to get back to, you know, cut baseball, whatever. But there's no doubt that break meant something to this team, They came out, played solid baseball. Of course, no Central Division team has a winning record on the road. So um, I guess it's not surprising they won the the series at home here. Their true test after these six games will be what they do on the road in the second half. We know that. It might determine the winner of this division, whoever plays best on the road. But right now, things looking up for them and not so much for teams like Milwaukee or even this uh, Cincinnati team, which has not come out as hot.
2: Jesse, I think that you and I are lock and step when we look at Theo and Jed as far as for the most part addressing the issues that are on the ball club. You need a closer, go find a closer. You need someone for your uh you know, for your bench, you gotta go out and find them. And I, I, I just think that this whole thing with the lack of a quality left handed reliever, it, it looms large, Jesse, because you would think you see it, we all see it, but it hasn't been addressed. I wonder why
1: well, I wonder why it hasn't been addressed over the years as well, other than the fact that they haven't been able to develop one. We know that's been a problem. Um, they probably have seen the other free agent lefties that get signed to these deals, and the deals quickly go south on them. Brett Cecil, um, St. Louis Cardinals, awful. They had to go about and get Andrew Miller, who's been uh, you know a little bit better, but he's not the Andrew Miller of old. Um, we can go through guys that... Uh, like any reliever, almost good years, bad years, good years, bad year, and the Cubs just don't want to commit to that. But then they find themselves in this situation where they're heading into July, late July and they've got to pay for a lefty reliever. So, um, you know, it's a good debate. Since they haven't been able to de- develop one, should they just sign one already and, and get it over with instead of going through the song and dance every July? Because um, right now it is a need. It is a major need. Uh, I, I mentioned this a couple times on the air today. Think about the Bellingers, Vados. Uh, Freddie Freeman's playoff situation, September baseball, you're going to want that lockdown lefty.
2: I thought that a, a, one positive, there's a lot of positives with the Cubs over the weekend, but just seeing Schwarber get on base and show some patience at the plate, walking a couple times, that was, I think that's what the doctor ordered as well.
1: Definitely twice in the first inning. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Two walks in the first inning of the game, you score seven runs in that inning. He needs to do that. Joe has preached it. He preached it Friday. He went out and did it. Um, he's got to take his walks. He's not that. He's not a bad ball hitter. He's not. He's not Vlad Guerrero or his son. Uh, those guys <laughs> that hit balls at their at their shoot tips, he is not that guy. He needs to hit balls in the zone and lay off the ones outside the zone. He did it his whole life. He's gotten away from it over the course of the last year or two, getting a little too antsy to put up bigger numbers. His numbers will increase when he lays off those high pitches.
2: Uh, you see Marty or Tom Brenneman today?
1: No, I don't think they're either. One is here, so everyone's in a good mood around here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) I I like the feistiness they bring to the table. So I don't think they. I don't think they're on this trip.
2: That's that's a shame. Yeah, I want to see the the white shoes and the uh, and the nasty attitude of a Marty. I tell you what, one thing and he's going to retire. For those that don't know, he's going to retire after this season, after a long time. Uh, well, TV and radio with the Reds. You know, Jesse, in our era, there was a lot of guys that told it like it is. Marty's like the last of the dying breed of guys that will tell you this is what's happening in the game. It shouldn't happen. I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah,
1: he is that kind of guy. Isn't- You know, he was partisan like anybody, but that's okay. It was entertaining. um, No harm, no foul. So I enjoyed it because, like you said, old school guys that tell it like it is, not buttoned up, not all corporate. you got to love those guys.
2: Uh, Is there anything that stands out most about the Reds, the way they play the Cubs, for the Cubs to struggle so much against Cincinnati?
1: Yeah, the guy they had um, here in the Cubs organization, Derek Johnson, the former Vanderbilt um, guy, uh, he's a pitching guru. He was here with the Cubs. Uh, maybe he had his least success here because then he goes to Milwaukee last year. They have a great year on the mound. Now he goes to Cincinnati. They have a great year on the mound. Um, it's just that the Reds can pitch. So when you can pitch, you can win series, even if you're obviously not a winning team right now, 42 and 48. But they can pitch. Lily Castillo, great, great uh, emerging star in this game, 229 ERA. I think the Cubs actually have handled him okay this year, but I saw him come on last year. So it's simple as that. When you can pitch – you can upset anybody, and we've seen them win three series against the Cubs already this year.
2: Did uh, Madden or Theo say anything interesting here?
1: Nothing outrageous. We could update the trade front. Um, I did ask him about the the, the Terrence Gore-type player, you know, that, that speed demon, that base stealer. Um, that's probably to need again. And, by the way, Terrence Gore got DFA'd like two days ago, so maybe in fact they bring him back on. Still the lefty reliever, probably another bat. Um, you got to work things now because there's only one deadline, July 31st. But in a sense, if Zobris comes back September 1st and there's nothing new on that front, it's almost like an added bat late in the season when nobody else can add one. Well, they can. Obviously, teams can add from the minor leagues, but no one's going to add someone like Ben Zobris. So you have to think of it that way, almost making a trade for a new new player on September 1st when Zobris comes back. Otherwise, it's it's the names. It's the, it's positions that we know about now, add base stealer in there after You know, Theo mentioned that as well.
2: The Zobrist is dicey. It is 50-50. One side of it is what Hawk Harrelson used to say, you know, his best years is when he went through his divorce because he had to focus on his ex-wife, you know, and in the situation with Zobrist, because of his personal issues, hopefully he'll feel refreshed and and ready to go, especially if you're a Cub.
1: Well, the body will feel good. I'm not sure where the mind will be. I mean, you know, whatever Hawk said, Ben's probably the opposite of that, right? This is obviously weighing on him enough to stay away from the game and and deal with it. So I'm not sure um, what we're going to get. But the fact that he he knows himself really well, he's one of these self-aware guys. So I think he chose to stay away this long to make sure his head is right. This is my speculation, obviously, until he does an interview and, and, and stuff. We won't know, but that would be my guess. He's making sure that his head is right before he comes back, and that's why it'll be all the way until September 1st.
2: You like that Garcia over at second base. I could see him being an everyday guy at some point for some team, if not the Cubs.
1: Maybe. Maybe it took him five years to come back from Italy and break in. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I, you know, his defense is just okay. I mean, Russell's definitely the best second best baseman on, defensively on this team. But, look, he's he's whacking doubles in the right field on 0-2 pitches. He's coming up big in clutch moments, so he's not afraid of the moment. I mean, it's interesting to get a guy at his age to break into the big leagues. You're not worried about – too much of uh, the crowd or the being on a, on the Cubs, a contender. You know, you're mature, you're mature usually at that age. So I think it's real interesting, and, and the bat plays, no doubt about it, he's going to get a spare share of time. just may not be every day.
2: You know, it's uh, it's pretty warm outside, Jesse. We're talking about the <laughs> 80s, 90s. You know, you really want to be able to spend time, you know, by the pool uh, and at, at the patio. Any suggestions for a good rooting material during the summer?
1: Well, you know, yesterday Joe Madden told me that um, – for, a first, for the first time in a while, during the All-Star break, he started reading again. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly asked him, did you read Try Not to Suck? <laughs> um, no. no, I didn't. He's actually reading Devil in the White City, you know, about the uh, uh, Chicago, Chicago Fair, mm-hmm. so um, World's Fair. So anyway, if Madden starts reading again, then that's a sign the rest of us can, right? Yes. So uh, Try Not to Suck, the, the definitive bio on Joe Madden, available at bookstores and in Amazon. Good pool, summer, beach, reading—no doubt about
2: it. Good job, Jesse. You nailed it that time. All right, Thank my you friend. Pal. <laughs> we look forward to your updates. Thank you.
1: Yep. Talk to you at
2: seven thirty. There he is, Jesse Rogers, who covers the Cubs for ESPN.com. We'll have him at the bottoms of the hours: seven thirty, eight thirty, nine thirty, if applicable. Right here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN app. Let me move on to something else here. Let me talk a little bit about um, the NBA offseason power rankings. Because it came out on ESPN.com, the top 10 teams that they see right now on July 15th. Why not, right? To give the power rankings in the NBA offseason. But one of them on here is a player from Milwaukee, and that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. I love Milwaukee because Milwaukee realizes that the championships in that city in particular are few and far in between. So that's why they had a parade, an MVP parade for Giannis. And he said, you know what, don't call me MVP. Yeah, call me Giannis. Please, please, please do me this favor so I can be better. I can be a better player. I can lead this team to a championship. Please don't call me MVP. Listen, listen, listen,
0: listen. P- please, after this day, don't call me MVP because until, until I win the game next year. So let's do it one
2: more. One more last time for this year, okay? One more last time. Come on. MVP. MVP, MVP (laughs) The best part of that is just some guy from Oshkosh You're my hero You're my hero I gotta hear this again Please, please, please do me this favor so I can be better I can be a better player, I can lead this team to a championship Please don't call me MVP Listen, 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 listen (laughs) <laughs> you got to love the guy from Whitewater yelling out, You're my hero! holding up his Miller Lite. you got to love that. I mean, that's how much Giannis has captivated uh, the city of Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin because of how great he has been. And again, because championships don't happen very often in that city, have a parade. Why not an MVP for it? Now, i never heard of an MVP parade, but for Milwaukee Networks. So I look at the power rankings, right, for the NBA offseason, according to ESPN.com. And number 10 on this list is Toronto. Of course, there is no Kawhi Leonard on there, but it's still going to be a good team. I, you know, it, it's funny. We talk about what teams are, what teams aren't. Toronto wins a championship, and it's just like, oh, who won the championship last year? Who won it last year? Toronto won the championship last year. That still matters. And it's a team that's going to be good, not championship material, but they'll be in the top eight in the East. So they have it as number 10. Number nine on the list is the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz at number nine, the Jazz have depth. The problem that the Jazz have, and I mentioned another team also that's very good, is they have quality depth, but they don't have a closer yet. That's the whole thing. As much as I respect Donovan Mitchell, he's growing, but it's still a very tough West. Portland is eighth on this list. Trailblazers, I've been waiting for Lillard and McCollum to be able to take that next step. And and Portland, here's what what it is. Put on the poll at ESPN 1000, would you rather be a Bulls fan or Portland fan? Because if you're a Portland fan, you know your team is guaranteed locked in to the playoffs every year. Only thing is, there is a ceiling to their success. Would you rather bottom out and just hope and wish and click your heels to get in the playoffs? Or would you rather be in the playoffs every year? with really no chance to be able to get to the top unless things break right for you. Because it's a good team, an excellent team, but just not Golden State, just not what Oklahoma City was, just not what uh, some of the top teams like Houston was. So it's interesting. So Toronto, Utah, Portland, number seven on the list is Boston. Boston Celtics are number seven on this list. Uh, We will see on that. Um, All I know is that There is no more Kyrie Irving there, and I think that they're going to be good, but I just don't expect them to be a team that's going to make a lot of noise in the East. Kind of similar to last year. That's what I expect. Uh, The Lakers are number six on this list, and I will tell you that with the Lakers and the Clippers, no matter how much noise you've heard from the West Coast regarding both teams, nothing's guaranteed to them either. I would say that it increases your chances to get to a championship with a healthy LeBron, but Anthony Davis, Chicago zone still has a lot to prove. Still has a lot to prove, especially his health. I know his goal is to win a championship. I hear you. Everybody on the team has been to the playoffs before. Yes, you can get to the playoffs and I think if you're a rookie or second year, you're like, oh, I made the playoffs, It's so cool. But I don't think no one came here to make the playoffs. I think everyone goal here is to win a championship. And, you know, if that's your goal, then, you know, anything obviously short of that isn't a success. And that's with any team. You know, I feel like with any team or any player, you know, even when I was in New Orleans, you know, if we didn't win a championship, like, well, we didn't do our jobs. You know, our job is to win as a team and we didn't do it. So the same, you know, applies here. I'm glad Anthony Davis is just taking stock of his life and saying, you know, I was in New Orleans. And I did what I did in New Orleans, and now it's time to bounce. Could have done it a different way, could have done it a different way, but he drew his line in the sand, changed agents, and says, you know what, I want to go play with LeBron. And this is where we are in the NBA today. You can wake up one morning and then stretch your arms out, look into the sky and say, you know what, I don't want to play here anymore. And it's a different dynamic that we can get into, you and I, regarding the NBA versus the NFL versus the NHL versus Major League Baseball. It's a whole different kettle of fish. The power lies into the hands of the players in the NBA. It's a powerful players association. It's a a very powerful NBA compared to the other sports. You, You can do this in the NFL some where you can hold out. But not to the point where you could just say, you know what, I just don't want to be here anymore. That's why the Antonio Brown thing with Pittsburgh was so weird. Like, wait, you want to leave a good team? What's going on? Le'Veon Bell, you want to leave? What do you mean you want to leave? So that's why it was so rare. It was so NBA-like for those two with Pittsburgh. But back to what we were talking about. Toronto 10. The coffee just kicked in there. Uh, Raptors 10. Jazz 9. Blazers 8. Celtics 7. Lakers 6. The Rockets are 5th. As much as some will look at the rocket to say, well, Russell Westbrook, now he's teamed up with his old teammate, James Harden. Well, I think that that's definitely a better one-two punch than he and, and Chris Paul. But the question is, who's the point guard? I think what's needed on that team, defense and a point guard. Someone to give the ball to Harden and to Westbrook. Harden's going to have the ball in his hands, the lion's share of the time. There's going to be a tug of war, and Westbrook's going to have to get used to it. It's not his team. It's Harden's team. How does that work? How does that dynamic work? What's missing with the Rockets is defense. They can score the ball all day and all night. They can, And their whole philosophy is layups and threes. But you've got to be able to stop someone. Several years ago when Jeff Bezdelic, Chicago's Zone, was um, the assistant coach for Houston, there was more of a, uh, definitely a focus on defense. And you're just not seeing it now with this team. It's very apparent the last couple of seasons. Clint Capella was strong defensively. Trevor Ariza when he's on the team. So there was they were more defensive-minded. You can score all day, but sometimes those shots run out. We've seen that with the Rockets. We'll see what happens. Number four is Philadelphia. Okay. Number three is the Clippers. The Clippers, of course, now have Paul George and... <laughs> yes, a Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, another one taking taking stock of his life and saying, you know... I'm a free agent. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be close to my family. I'm going to live in Los Angeles. And so not only only is he living in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, but also it's always the quiet ones you look out for. Right, Felix? It's always the quiet ones that you look out for because because Kawhi Leonard quietly went to Paul George and said, yo, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. And Paul George is like, okay, I want out of Oklahoma City. Sam Presti did not have to pull the trigger that quickly. But that's how the NBA works. Paul George, after signing a three-plus-year deal with the Thunder to sign back with Oklahoma City to be with his boy Russell Westbrook, what does Paul George do? Yeah, I want out. I'm going to play with the Clippers. I want to play with Kawhi. It just leaves. just bounces. Like, wait, wait. I thought you were. And then so the whole team breaks up because of this. And so now the Clippers good organization, right? You know what happens if the clippers win the championship? First of all, it'll be Kawhi winning three championships with three different teams, which would be unbelievable. Well, you know what the first ring, you know who the first ring should be given to if this happens? The first ring should be given to V Stiviano. Do you know the name V Stiviano? V Stiviano was the girlfriend of Donald Sterling, who was the former owner of the Los Angeles Clippers. Old girl with her big, big ass visor and her <laughs> and her roller skates sitting down with Barbara Walters and V. Stiviano's like, Oh, you were with Donald Sterling. Yes, he was great sexually. And then the other thing was, He's my silly rabbit. My silly wabbit. And, and Barbara Walters replied, You were what? Silly wabbit. What are you talking about? So the first ring should be V. If they win the championship, should be V Stiviano with her big visor and ro- on a roller skates and her booty shorts, going out there and getting a championship ring because she was the downfall of, of change. She was the agent of change. That's what happened. She like a like a bad person. She um, recorded Donald Sterling and some of the things he was saying about Magic Johnson and others. You can look it up for yourself. I'm not making it up. And so she made that change. That's why Steve Ballmer is in ownership and one of the best, better owners now in the NBA. So the Clippers are third. Nuggets are second. I remember working with J.D. and J.D. was like, J.D., I, I love J.D. talking NBA with me because every time there's a move, if you ever hear us uh, on Saturdays and Sundays at 3 here on ESPN 1000, every time there's a move, like the Clippers get Paul George, right? That makes Clippers the favorite, right? It's like, No. Not necessarily. Like every time there's a move, like like JaVale McGee goes to this team, that makes him the favorite, right? No, it doesn't make him the favorite. <laughs> every time he does that. Like, no, it doesn't mean just because there's one move that that means Derrick Roses with, with 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 Detroit. That makes him the favorite, right? No, it doesn't make him the favorite. No. Denver, here's what I told him. He said, it's going to be the Lakers and the Clippers at the top, Right. He said, well, who's even closer? I said, the Denver Nuggets, and I shut down the conversation. Because Denver has quality depth. They just need a closer. Who doesn't like Jokic in the middle, the versatility of a big? But they just need someone to close. Can those guys close? It's a good team. Can they close? Denver deserves it to be number two. Number one is Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks. Will the Bucks win the championship this upcoming season? Uh, no. But it's, uh, it's interesting on July 15th that this list comes out. And if you're wondering where the Bulls are, what's up? If you're wondering where the Bulls are, the Bulls are not on the list. They ran out of room. They, it's only for the top teams in the NBA, not, uh, not the bottom five. So there you go on ESPN.com. Uh, interesting list. <laughs> Frank Kaminsky goes to Phoenix. That makes Phoenix the favorite, right? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Stop saying that. I love J.D. so funny. All right, coming up next. Some football fans would love to have more games, maybe two more games added to the regular season. Uh, and I think some NFL players would tell you, no, that's maybe not a good idea. More football in the future? Next. From your hood to J-hood. I excel, prevail.
0: The mic is contacted. I attract clientele. On
2: ESPN 1000
0: and the ESPN app. You're listening to Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We I gotta, gotta stay. stay. Till I die. I gotta stay.
2: <laughs> Till I die. I gotta stay. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'd like to remind you, you can find our show on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com, look for Under the Hood, UTH Pod, with Jonathan Hood, I believe it's listed. You can go back and hear our interviews that we've done over the last year plus. YouTube page is hot and cooking. Whatever you need there, look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on YouTube.com. Subscribe that way. You never miss one of our key interviews that we have done, either on a ESPN 1000 or off of ESPN 1000. When do we get blue? Almost Bob Saget-like. Don't dump me. Glad to have you in here as we keep you company here until 10 o'clock. Then we have Summer Football, by the way, at the top of the hour. Um, so I saw this story over the weekend I want to share with you. So could you imagine as a Bears fan or as an NFL fan that there would be two additional games added to the regular season? Like not 16, but 18. I've always thought this, and former players have said this, and so I agree. That you don't necessarily have to have four preseason games. You know how meaningless that is. Players that say, I'm ready after a couple, after all those practices and two preseason games, I'm ready. Well, you know, like I know, that owners are never going to give that money back. Okay, here's what we'll do we'll get away from two, we'll have two preseason games and we just won't have that money. No, they want that revenue. Whether you like those games or not, and you know what preseason games are, they say the most important preseason games are the third. Third one because there are more starters in there for longer. So that's cool. But Ross Tucker wrote a really interesting piece on theathletic.com. It says Would you work 12 more days per year if it meant a raise for 12% or more? Put that on the poll, Felix. Eddie espin 1000. Would you work 12 more days per year if it meant a 12% raise in money? It's likely that that's the very least that you could look at is what Ross Tucker says. He says that the concept that was recently reported of NFL teams playing 18 games, but individual players being limited to 16 is so asinine, I won't spend much time on it. Cadell doesn't think preseason games are up to par, but wants to force backups into regular season games to actually count. That's nonsensical at best. That is the catch, by the way, if you read this piece. Like, oh, we'll have 18 games, but the starters only to play 16. Well, That's not really an 18-game regular season. It's dumb, right? I mean, and the NFL has done some things that you know, are head-scratchers, but that one doesn't make any sense as a proposal. But they try to make it stick, right? The other discussion regarding how players feel about an 18-game season is a lot different than there There are two ways that you can look at it from a financial standpoint. I'm going to go into the weeds financially just for a second, okay? He says, first, according to Ross Tucker, there is already a provision in the current CBA whereby if the two sides had agreed to add games, the players would get additional pro-rated game checks. Players get their entire salary... During the 17 weeks of the season, so for easy math, picture a player with a $1.7 million salary getting $100,000 per week. You don't think that that player would want to play two more games for 200k? Frankly, I know I would. That's Ross Tucker, a former player. So is it worth your body? Is it worth your health to go out there for two more games for another $200,000? Goes on to say um, that Damari Smith, who is the NFLPA executive director, says, I don't see an 18-game schedule in any circumstance. If someone wants to make an 18-game proposal, we'll look at it. I haven't seen anything that makes me think that there's going to be good for the players. Well, it would be good for the owners, for right? Because according to the Wall Street Journal, reported that the NFL estimates that two extra games would add an additional $2.5 billion an additional revenue per year. Considering the players get 47% of the gross under the current CBA, that would be an additional $1.175 billion that would go into the salary cap. There are 1,696 active players in the NFL. By the water cooler, by the way, if you can ask someone, how many players in the NFL? You tell them 1,696. If they don't get it, then you win 20 bucks, whatever. Um But there's 1,696 active players in the NFL. So that would average an increase to the salary cap of about $693,000 per player. Now, when it comes to labor negotiations, strike, lockouts, it is weird, especially in a blue collar city like this one, where there's so many that will be on the side of the owners. Like the players want to get more. Like when we work, you and I work. We're working because we hope to be able to garner more money per hour. We want to be able to make more money, right? But it's it's weird that when, because I've lived through it several times, several stoppages, where some will just be like, you know what? These players are just greedy. You know, they need to get back on the field. And I just, that's a weird thing. You don't get that in the NBA, don't get that in Major League Baseball, but you get that in the NFL. It's something about the NFL where you're just anxious. Now, here's the thing you know who else is anxious? The players. This last CBA. I don't know if a number of players just didn't have money, but they just rushed to the table and said, sign it, sign it, sign it. The one thing that they need to do, and I'll talk to Dan Jiggins about this uh, coming up in our Summer of Football segment. Veterans need guaranteed money. Got to have it. Got to have it. When you only have a handful like a Kirk Cousins who demanded it with the Vikings and a few others, got to have guaranteed money. You can't be, I'll play for you. Oh, I'm going to cut you. Okay, well, that's the end. Can't do that. That that next CBA, you need to be able to have that guarantee. Adam Schefter, is there going to be an eighteen game schedule ever in life? No, I don't. I don't think that that's going to become.
1: No, look, anything could become reality with uh, with the NFL and if the owners make enough concessions. But I, I just I don't see the eighteen game season being a realistic, practical um, scenario. I mean. You know, unless the league wants to completely revamp the financial system, maybe it, maybe it does to get 18 Now, I do think that in the new C B A that we're gonna get changes and I don't know whether that means the preseason is reduced or eliminated and the postseason is expanded or I I don't know how it all will play out and work, but I again I, I don't expect to see an eighteen game, maybe a seven maybe seventeen games, maybe expanded postseason, maybe shortened preseason, but you, it would, I'd be
2: really surprised if we had an 18 the season. Adam Schefter on Cap Company. Hmm. Uh, obviously, you and I as football fans would like to see more football because even, even Thursday night football can be like way over the top for players where they've already played Sunday and I played Thursday, the injury situation, so I get it. But yeah, you'd love to see more football. And you'd like to see players get guaranteed contracts as well. Oh, I see Robbie Gold signing with the 49ers. Bears didn't get him, huh? Huh. Jonathan Hood.
0: Hold on, wait a minute. minute. Y'all thought I was finished? Oh. When I bought a ass tomorrow, you thought it was winning? Yeah.
2: On ESPN 1000.
0: Mayback music.
2: Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Summer football at the top of the hour right here on ESPN 1000. The ESPN app will from former Bear friend of the program, my friend Dan Jiggetts, will get his thoughts about the Bears and uh, some of the story about what if the NFL has 18 games for a regular season. We'll talk to him about that and some other things around the National Football League coming up at the top of the hour right here on ESPN 1000. Well, you know, listen, Dan is going to spend time with us having a full interview. But, you know, because we hear weeknights at 7, some people just don't have time for a full conversation. But they do have time for one question.
1: You guys lose this game or did the Jazz win this one? Time for one question. What? With Jonathan Hood. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Number one. Number one. Just
2: one question. Oh, there's one more thing. On ESPN
0: 1000.
2: It is time for one question with me, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. I tell Eric, I tell Felix, I say, look through your phone book. Just find someone, someone that could talk to us for just, just to ask. just want to ask him just one question. So we go through the, the M's and we go through the N's. I said, whoa, oh, whoa. And then Eric says, wait, I found someone. I found Nola J. Go to NolaJComedy.com, the comedian. NolaJComedy.com. And she's also the host of the No Reason podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, go to um, no recent podcast, look for Nola J. She joins me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000. Hello, Nola.
0: Hey, Jonathan. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm a little nervous on what this question is going to be, but I'm good.
2: How are you? Hold on a second. You you travel across the country doing comedy in front of strangers, <laughs> and you're nervous about being on ESPN 1000 with me?
0: I just don't know what this question is going to be. I just, I don't know what you're going to ask me. So, hopefully I'll answer it. All right.
2: Are you ready for one question, Nola J? Yes, I am. Comedian Nola J, here is the question. The question I have for you is this. How sad is it that Milwaukee had a parade for Giannis Antetokounmpo?
0: How sad? Did you say sad? Yeah, I did
2: say. (laughs) Did
0: you say sad? (laughs)
2: How sad is it that? How sad is that? Milwaukee had a parade for an MVP parade for Giannis Antetokounmpo.
0: That is not sad. What is sad about that? The Greek freak is the man here. What are you talking about? He claimed it. He got it. We love him. He. I mean, we was only one series away from the finals. What are you talking about? Sad? Excuse me. What are the Bulls doing again? I'm I'm confused. What did the Bulls do? Hold on
2: sad. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, y'all ain't won nothing. I know you're a big Bucks fan.
0: We did win. We, we got further than we had in a long time. We got as far as we could go with the spot that we had, and we're definitely going to go to the finals next season, and we're going to win a ring with Giannis. Okay. So it's not sad. We've I- done a lot with him. <laughs> He's brought a lot. Okay. What did the boys? What? what y'all have? Uh, <laughs> did, y- did y'all
2: have anything? Just you inv- have anything? Just, just, invite me to the uh, the next parade you have for the funds. Do that for me, okay? <laughs> I like the fives. You leave the
0: fives alone as well. He's a fool, too. I like Henry
2: Winkle. Jonathan Hood. So
0: pay attention to my word, because it's the truth. <laughs> Meditation is the mind. It brings the youth out. It's like a verse you could never read out of a book. Dropping the blind in your mind like a fish hook. On ESPN 1000. Hey.